Revelation chapter 17. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with the seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. There are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. One is, the one is, the other has not yet come, and when he does come, he must remain only a little while. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven, and it goes to destruction." And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. These are of one mind, and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb, and the lamb will conquer them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who with those with him are called and chosen and faithful. And the angel said to me, The waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. May God add his richest blessings to the reading and perceiving of his holy and living word. Amen. I have confessed to you previously that I'm a, a newbie, a novice at really digging into the book of Revelation. 
So I'm, I'm hopefully learning with you. And when you come to chapter 17, there is so, so much here that I don't intend to do more than just give the highlights of what's going on here. I do want to say that chapter 17 is, is another pause in the narrative using the language we used before. In other words, it is a time when, when the book of Revelation, which of course was not written in chapters originally, when, when it uh, pauses and doesn't carry the story forward but starts filling in background information, I'm, I'm using the term, it's pausing from the narrative and borrowing from my friend Steve Hudson, uh, this is like color commentary in chapter 17 as opposed to play-by-play -play analysis that we saw in 16 and, and earlier chapters. But there's several of these pauses in the narrative in Revelation, and this is one of them. I want to loop back, so to speak, to something we, we spoke on earlier, and it's going to be a, a part of the discussion in chapters 17 and 18, and that is Babylon. And Babylon represents the place where pagan worship was born. There was no pagan worship until it started in this ancient city of Babylon. And to turn away from the one true God to turn uh, to the things that aren't such as things of the world is to commit uh, adultery, to prostitute ourselves, anyone who does that as in our relationship with God. God is our creator. He's our sustainer. Jesus is our savior. The Holy Spirit is our guide. And we could go on and on and on about who God is. And when we embrace false gods, which are with a little g and are in fact no god, then then we're guilty of adultery. We're guilty with sexual immorality, guilty of sexual immorality in our spiritual relationship with God. And so, the the city of Babylon. Is, is a part of what is being talked about, but there's also a political or commercial Babylon. But today we're primarily talking about religious Babylon, about the pagan worship that I was just mentioning. So in chapter 17, what happens is, even though in chapter 16 we came to the end of the seven bowls of wrath and we're just moments away, so to speak, from the return of Christ on the great and terrible day of the Lord at the end of tribulation, then we now turn back to an earlier point in time, earlier in the tribulation. And again, the tribulation is a seven-year period of time that is in Scripture broken into a first half, and it's referred to as time, times, and time and half time for uh, three, three and a half years. So this takes us back to the earlier part, the first half, of the tribulation. And it's not unusual. In fact, it's repeated several times that a woman is used to represent a religion. 
And here Babylon is, is the harlot, the great harlot who is committing adultery against Almighty God. You can see that in verse 1 she's referred to, it's referred to as the great prostitute who is seated on many waters. And that means that her influence goes out through all the earth. In verse 2, the reference to the, the wine is, is a reference to the false religion that she represents, that she represents a religion, a system of belief, that is, where she, she is worshipped as a, as a false god. Anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God is in essence uh, obviously false, but it's also an effort to prostitute, to draw people away from the one true God, anything that sets itself up. That can be, be our pride. Really, pride is at the, at the basis of all false religion, false belief systems, because pride says, that I know more than God knows. And God says, you must worship me alone. And when we turn our eyes away from God, then we're turning our worship away. And so she's saying, or or not she, the angel is saying to John, speaking to John, telling him about things that are yet to come. And these are things that are still yet to come for us. These things have not occurred yet. And so the angel is saying to John and, and speaking as to um, what took place. And he says in, in verse 2 that the uh, kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality. And with the wine of those uh, whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. They've become influenced under the influence of the false beliefs, the false teaching of the harlot Babylon that, that they can worship uh, objects and, and anything other than God. All of that is spiritual adultery. It's to prostitute ourselves away from the one true God. And then John in verse 3 says, And he, meaning the angel, carried me, John, the apostle John, who's writing down what Jesus is revealing, carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. So we can see that what John was was seeing and describing and having described to him was that this, this woman was very wealthy, that she had uh, great riches, and her leaders, the leaders of, of this false religion, are, are dressed very... Uh, high up they they're dressed in scarlet red and and purple and all the golden cup represents a 
false religion, a false message that is a, a type of a false gospel. It's represented to be good news, but it's absolutely actually the worst news possible to embrace the false teaching of the false God, the, the Antichrist and Satan and the false prophet. And what is false? Anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we, we know that Scripture says this is the testimony. Whoever has the Son has God. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have the Father. And that there is no other name given by which we may be saved, and that's Jesus. And everything about Jesus that's proclaimed in Scripture, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, that he died uh, on a cross and was buried and raised from the dead and ascended to heaven, all of those things are a part of his being the perfect sacrifice, paying in full of our sin. And if you take away any part of that, then you have none of it because it's all a part of the whole, that you can't pull apart different pieces of that story, the truth of the gospel. And that's what many, quote, religions claiming to even be Christian uh, of the Christian faith today, they, they, they teach some good things that they may be promoting social uh, welfare, meaning caring for others, which absolutely is a part of the Christian faith, but they're also denying the the reality of the Word of God or the resurrection of Jesus or the, the second coming of Jesus. And so th they're just trying to cobble together, if you will, a message that is about being focused on doing something good and, and draw us away from the truth of the gospel. And all of that is a part of the lie of Satan. It's a part of the effort of the great deceiver to deceive us and ultimately to take, uh, take Israel away from the path that God has called them to so that they won't come to the place when they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, because that has to happen before Jesus can return. And when Jesus returns, then Satan's done forever. And so Satan fights against that with everything that he can. And a part of that is, the, or a big part of that is his lies, just constant lies. Anything other than the truth of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none of us righteous, not even one. And that, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He gave himself for us. For God so loved us that he sent his only son to die in our place, that we who were sinners might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so that is the true gospel, and any, any effort to try to point in another direction is just a lie. It's an, it's, uh, an abomination to God. And finally, in verse 6, he said, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. These, these false 
uh, religions, this Babylon and all of her offspring, so to speak, have been steadily involved in, in seeing that the true believers, those who put Christ first, uh, are being slain. They're being killed. They're being done away with. And so uh, the woman is drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus Christ. And that's where we'll pause for today. We didn't get all the way through though chapter 17, but we did touch on the high points of the first six verses, first five and a half really verses of chapter 17. And Lord willing, we'll come back to this uh, tomorrow and continue on with this. Thank you and God bless you.